Is the performance last year from Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno, and Freddie Goudreau sustainable, or can we expect all three players to regress this coming season? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we look at the numbers for Ryan Hartman, Marcus Felino, and Freddie Goudreau to see if it is possible that they carry over their performance from last year to this year or if they may regress once the season starts. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, and uh, covering the uh, Wild through the offseason for you here on Lockdown Wild. Joined today by one of our regular contributors, Zach Zeman. We are uh, chilling over the Labor Day weekend, having a good time. And uh, Zach, what's happening? Yeah, it feels good to be back on. You know, the hockey season's right around the corner, so it's it's going to be interesting to talk about, you know, who's going to regress and if we can expect a sustainable performance from those three guys. So it's we've got a lot to talk about today, and it feels good to be back um, nice and in person. So here we go. 100%. Um, so as we mentioned, Going to talk about a couple of key components here um, and just where we kind of think they're at uh, in terms of season performance. Let's start with Ryan Hartman because I think Hartman especially is a player that I know me personally, I have just assumed that what he did this past season, 34 goals, 31 assists, is not sustainable, but wanted to dive into it a little bit because, you know, I think we just assume that Hartman is not this player who can be a top-line center, and maybe he's not your prototypical top-line center, but uh, we do have to give some credit, I think, for uh, for Hartman having a, a just awesome season last year. As mentioned, just blowing all of his previous career highs out of the water, 65-point player on the Wilds' top line. Uh, he it It's not like he, like, sleptwalked through the season, like he actually he actually performed well enough to keep that spot and to be one of the top scorers on this team. Yeah, I know you definitely got to give some credit to Ryan Hartman. I think you know last year when Kaprizov was slumping earlier, um, you know it's the whole narrative was is Kaprizov going to turn out to be what he is paid to be and, and that whole narrative behind it. But then Hartman, on the other hand, was on that same line but producing incredible numbers, um, numbers that a lot of people didn't even expect. So I mean to have him sustain those numbers that Kaprizov wasn't producing and to put up some numbers. And, and I remember him leading the team out like for a solid amount of time in the mm-hmm. first half um, in points. And, and so, I mean, to have that out of a player who you're not even paying attention to after that Kaprizov signing, it's all of the, all of the eyes were on Kaprizov, but, but when Kaprizov was just out and, and not producing numbers, Hartman was there to do that. And so there's definitely a lot of credit to give to Ryan Hartman. Um, you know, I think, I think next year is going to prove a lot too. It's, you know, I, th- I think next year he'll be 
he'll be consistent enough um, to the point, you know, I guess you got to give, I mean, Kaprizov's the guy on this team that right. everyone's going to be looking forward to. So it's all going to be on him. Is that, is he going to carry the line one? But you got to also give some credit to Harmon. He's got the, he's got the it factor. Um, I can expect him to produce a lot more as well. Um, you definitely just can't overlook him as much. I mean, he's a line one center now, so it's, I mean, you got to give some credit where credit's due there. So, yeah. Yeah. And like you look at the numbers too, and this is kind of something that, that I was discussing with you in that, you know, you look for anomalies and with Hartman, um, a career high in shots, 239 this past year, shot 14%. So a little above um, his previous career high in shooting percentage, which was 11%, one of his first years with Chicago, which was a full season for him, which he scored 19 goals. So shot volume, a career high in shots, a career high in time on ice. And so those are the kind of kinds of things that will lead to you getting more opportunities and therefore more goals, as you alluded to. 14 goals in the first 30 games of the season for Hartman when it took it was it took Kaprizov a little while to start recording the goals and part of this equation for Hartman is just because of how good of a teammate Kirill Kaprizov is is he's going to get some really good looks that are high percentage opportunities like you got a two on one heading to the net and Kaprizov on one side and the goalie goes that way to direct his attention at him, mm-hmm. easy pass across to Hartman, and he chips in, you know, that's that's a shot you're going to make every time. Right, and it's also about the confidence that Hartman must have had. I mean, when Dean Evison sends him out on the ice, he's he's got the time on ice now, and he's got the, the volume of shots you just said. Um, you know, that's got to generate some confidence. When you mm-hmm. get your coach sending you out there, like, let's go. We know Kaprizov is slumping in this scenario. Can you do this for us? And Hartman's like, heck yeah, like I'm going to take those shots. And now he has the confidence in himself to, to not only bury the puck, but to also have, you know, the trust in Kaprizov that Kaprizov is going to find him in those, in, some, in those scenarios that you just mentioned. So, yeah. So then some of the things you look at for the, is he going to regress? I guess reasons that he may would include if Kaprizov gets off to a hotter start from a goals perspective, then maybe some of those that Hartman had uh, early on in the season don't develop. But I just, he he turned himself into um, a much more offense-oriented player. Like, we were looking at the uh, shots per 60 minutes for him, and um, he was averaging like 10 shots per 60 minutes last year. And so some of it is just being a guy who is more of a defensive wing early in his career. And now I think he is starting to add some more to the arsenal, which includes being somebody that's not afraid to shoot. And if he just continues to shoot the puck next year, that's going to lead to, it may not lead to 34 goals, but I think it's still going to lead to plenty. Yeah. If Kaprizov can pick off where he left off in St. Louis, pick up from where he left off, you know, he was on fire. St. Louis couldn't contain him. Um, if he picks up and starts scoring these goals and Hartman notices that, if I'm Hartman, I'm giving Kaprizov the puck 100% of the time. Yeah. But but in that scenario last year, it was like Kaprizov was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Hartman's like, let me take the wheel here. Let me let me put this to the promised land and let me bury some pucks. So, I mean, if Kaprizov starts putting the puck in the net, by all means, Hartman, I'm giving the puck away. Well, and you can we can take this back even further to the playoff series against the Vegas Golden Knights 
Ryan Hartman was one of the best players on the ice for the Wild during that series. And so it it could also be, you know, him simply just kind of flipping the switch yeah. and carrying that through the season and that he just is a player that's capable now of like between 20, 25, somewhere around that for goals. It, maybe he just is capable of that now. Yeah, I remember looking at the stats from him last year and being like, what is happening? Like, this is such an outlier. <laughs> but now that I think about it, it's like, if you really step back and see like what line he's on and, and what he's doing, and I mean, it's he deserves all the credit he can get. Mm-hmm. I think I think he'll continue to produce those numbers uh, this season, and um, it's all about the line mates and, and the charisma between them and the confidence that he has from a coach from Dean uh, setting him on the ice and letting him go. So I definitely I definitely expecting the same amount of numbers. I mean, heck, I won't I would not be mad if it's. 10 points less or whatever, but yeah. you know, if, if those 10 points go to Kaprizov, then so be it. It's, it's supposed to happen that way. Well, and that's the, that's the exact right point is that if Hartman's numbers are less, it likely means that they go more to Kaprizov. Exactly. In that case, you know, your first line is still scoring. And if that's what ends up happening, so be it. Mm-hmm. So be it. So for Hartman, we're going to, uh, we're going to close the book on that. But um, again, it's it's going to be a big year for him if he replicates what he was able to do um, with similar numbers. Then I think at that point, you know, you you got to start looking at him being like a legitimate uh, top six player. And yeah. so uh, if he can replicate it, then I I have no problem putting him in that grouping. We are going to turn our attention now to a member of the grief line, which is. A very important line for the Wild, obviously, with what they bring defensively. But uh, we'll talk about the offensive punch for Marcus Felino as we continue to look at some players and whether or not they will regress or replicate on today's episode of Locked on Wilds. This message is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stones? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. Uh, for your second listen, make sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Lockdown NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Continuing with our regress or replicate episode of Lockdown Wild, and we move towards Marcus Felino, who has been a pretty sneaky, important offensive weapon for the Wild over the last couple of seasons. Uh, obviously, the big thing with him has been um, some injuries that he's dealt with, which have led to him not being able to play the uh, entire season. But, um, you know, a guy that I think gets flies under the radar quite a bit, but is still a very important part of what this team does. Yeah, so this line, the grief line, is Greenway, Eric's neck, Felino. This is the staple line of the Minnesota Wild. You know, the St. Paul bullies in a way, you know, the big guys, the big three. Um, and when these guys are all on the ice together, dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. 
Um, you know, they've they've pr- proven to be frustrating to other teams. Um, Eric Snack in front of the net is an absolute disaster. You know, so once once that all happens, then, uh, you know, Felino's, Felino and Greenway are those two that just kind of, all right, let's get down to business. Let's do the dirty work here, but also produce points. Um, and Felino's just kind of the agitator on the team. You know, they brought in Delorier last year to kind of give Felino a more offensive role. Um, you know, let's try to get some more goals. Let Delorier fight these guys. Um, and stay out of the box, uh, Felino. So he's definitely one of those guys that can, that has the ability to make a difference. Um, and I think this year is is like a it's a big proving year. I mean, mm-hmm. we got we got Greenway. Um, you know, is this injury? We don't know if he'll be ready for you know preseason or, or training camp and stuff like that. So I mean, if if that all pans out to be true, and 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 the injury is worse than we think it is. Um, Green or Felino's just definitely got to step up. I mean, it's going to be tough losing a, a third of that grief line. Don't get me wrong, um, especially a big player like Greenway is. So you got to start producing numbers in some in some form and and you know putting more shots on goal. I felt like he didn't have as many shots as we we would expect of him last year. Um, so if Greenway's out, it's going to be a problem. Felino's got to take the wheel here. Um, but if not, that grief line is is something about it, man. Something about it works. Um, and Felino can can step back a little bit. Yeah, it just it it's a combo that you put together, and you're not sure like how does this all fit, but it it does the job. <laughs> it's, it's fitting. And so you know you look at Felino's numbers: twenty three goals, nineteen assists, and uh, first time in his career that he's eclipsed the twenty goal mark. Has always been more of like a a ten to like 14 goals a year type player. But like you look at the numbers, he had 98 shots in 74 games. So he shot 23 and a half percent this season. You look at last year, you had 11 goals in 39 games. He shot 27% last year. So he's not shooting as much, but the shots that he's taking, he is able to, uh, to put in the back of the net. And so, you know, being selective with the opportunities is something I think that um, is not susceptible to regression because, you know, if it's a shot that you don't feel like you can make, you're just simply not taking it. Yeah, it's not like you're Ryan Hartman there. You know, like you're if you're not getting set up from Kaprizov, then I don't know why you're taking. Like, I, I totally see where Felino's coming from. If, if the goalie's there where I want to go, then I'm probably not going to take that shot. Yeah. I'll probably send it over to Eric Sinek, you know. So it's like you got to use your line mates in those scenarios. It's like... I mean, not like I mean, I'd trust Greenway over Felino to put the puck in the net. I think Greenway's got a bigger body, a bit better shot, um, and and I can stand there and, and screen and do all the dirty work. But if Felino is, you know, I mean, if I'm Felino there and I see my other two teammates as a better shot than me, I think he's, you know, I'm gonna give it to them more. So and, I totally understand. And here's where I think, you know, we may see we we probably won't see 23 goals from Felino this year, but at the same time. I think with Greenway out early on, the focus from that line may be more on scoring as opposed to trying to shut down the opponents. Because when you get those three together, the opposing team's not scoring while they're on the ice. Absolutely. I mean, those are the three biggest guys on the team. So it's like, you're going to shut them down. That's the whole point they're out there. Especially, like, if if the while they're up like 3 nothing in the second period, they're not looking, you know, for another goal here. They're looking to shut down the team and to wear the team down and to get them agitated 
you know, and, and get them playing a whole different game. So that's that's just the power of the grief line. If they, they can be offensive when they want to, they can put bodies to boards. But in the grand scheme of things, I think that line is, is focused to shut teams down. Yes, 100%. And so you go from 23 goals to, say, if Felino plays – if Felino plays around 75 games this coming season, um, maybe more like 15 goals, which is, yes, technically a regression. But the thing with Felino, and we'll we'll dive into this fully as we get to going to do a whole round of player expectations uh, throughout the rest of the month of September as we get closer to the season. So we'll dive into this more in detail when we get to Marcus Felino, but the thing for him that was so weird last year is he he had that suspension for uh, for a hit late in the season and served, I think it was two games. Came back and he just was a completely different player than what we saw all season, which was this guy that is, you know, super physical but is also able to provide that offensive punch. And he just did neither of those things, uh, maybe out of – not wanting to get another suspension, but at the same time, like he just kind of got taken completely out of his game. I mean, we can only guess what what's going through his head here. I mean, we can see the numbers dropped after that. So, I mean, is it out of paranoia of getting another suspension before the playoffs, letting your team down when you're pushing against the Blues here going into the playoffs? I mean, those are the most crucial games of the season um, that the Wild needed to win. They won a lot of them, and they eventually got that second spot in the Central. So it's if Felino is like you know let me let me take a step back and and let the team work here and and I don't mean I don't even know I don't want to make up like fake scenarios here but I mean I can only imagine what's going through his mind I mean those yeah. are the most critical games of the season and when you're not producing something's gotta be like something's wrong like you know you you gotta come into those games ready to produce because your team needs them in order to get home ice so it's I don't know. It, it was a weird little time. I, I hopefully, I mean, I don't think that this will translate into next year, but it is still something to consider. I mean, is he is he going to be a less physical person that next year moving in after that suspension? Like, I don't, he doesn't want to get suspended again because he he knows his number dropped. Yeah, he knows his production value like went down. So, I mean, it's all it's all just a mind game here. Um, I don't think it'll matter. I think he'll 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 stay to his game. Um, oh, I'd like him to. I think the whole Wild fan base here would like him to stay consistent but yeah i mean if you got to stand up for your team and take a suspension that's probably his role now deloria is gone so he's probably that guy again and i i look for him to be more comfortable playing the role that he has played in previous seasons so yeah. you know hopefully that will uh hopefully that will kind of um i just i just said if he needs to take a suspension <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh whatever needs to happen <laughs> um so we'll finish today's episode by talking about the other guy who really kind of came out of nowhere that bringing freddie goudreau and we'll talk about the potential for him to replicate or regress as we finish today's episode of lockdown wild after this Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topal joined by Zach Zeman today. And Zach, let's finish talking about Freddie Goudreau, who scored a career high in goals and points this season. Um, shattered. His previous career high was 10 points, which he had last year in 19 games. With Pittsburgh, two goals, eight assists. This year with the Wild, he had 14 goals, 30 assists, 44 points, part of what ended up being on par with, maybe slightly better than, 
the Kaprizov line down the stretch, and we knew what we were going to get with Kevin Fiala, and we got a, a big version of that. We were hoping we were going to get some good things from Matt Boldy, and we did. Freddie Goudreau was a total wild card, and you know the numbers were impressive for a guy that we really didn't know that much about coming into the season. Yeah, no, I was... I mean, out of anyone on that roster last year, I think Freddie Goudreau was the one that blew, like, grew on me the most and, and blew my expectations. He was with Fiala and Boldy, right? Yeah, so it's like, well, Boldy, by the way, my goodness, you couldn't have asked for a better year from him right. as a rookie like that and, and a 21-year-old, 20 to 21-year-old throughout the season. Him um, with Fiala on that line, I mean – Goudreau just got two great guys to be put on the ice with, and you can only imagine great numbers coming from those great line mates. Um, but, yeah, Goudreau definitely – I think he's the most, like, versatile player on the team. He, you know, I feel like he, he can almost fit anywhere, um, maybe even up where Greenway is now. Um, you know, if, if Greenway is out for a little bit in the season, who knows, might slip Goudreau up there, see what happens there. Yeah. I think he's definitely got the most – you know, he, he's he's like willing to go up and down. He's not like a staple. I'm on this line. These are my line mates, guy. I mean, well, Fiala's gone now, so you got to something's got to change here, right? Um, but yeah, no, it definitely blew my expectations out of the water. He's just an absolute beauty on the ice. Yeah, and just career highs across the board. Um, his previous career high for shots in a season was 43. He had 132 this past year with the Wild. Shot 10%, so it's not like he was shooting a crazy high percentage. And so if it's possible for him to do this again, like to replicate these numbers, yeah. uh, we we don't really know because he really didn't get as big of an opportunity before coming to the Wild as he had this season. So I think for Goudreau, it's really on him as to – uh, whether or not he can replicate what his performance. Yeah. If he keeps playing well, the Wild are going to keep giving him opportunities. And regardless of his line mates, if he continues to uh, to put up numbers, they're going to look pretty much just like they did this past year. Yeah, absolutely. He he's uh, definitely. I mean, not as not as much as a goal scorer as he is an assister. I, I think he's just an absolute, um, you know, dime of a line mate to have out there. I mean, if you're Fiala or Boldy, I mean, if Goudreau's right next to you, that's a great sign. So mm-hmm. if he keeps feeding the other guys on his line and and they keep feeding him, I mean, it's only good things. I love Goudreau. I think he's, like I said earlier, he's just grown on me the most, and and he's just been consistent. I think that's the, what the Wild were looking for in him. Um, you know, he didn't really have as much of a spotlight as he did prior to joining the Wild, um, and he's definitely fit right in. And, like, the other part of this, too, and we talked about this with Ryan Hartman, is yes, some of the production can come from having really good line mates, but at the end of the day, like you got to do something yes. with the opportunities too. I mean, just ask Victor Rask how that went having Kaprizov and Zuccarello as as line mates. Like you're going to get some really good opportunities, but you still have to cash in on them. Was was that the Nashville game at the end of the year where he scored that game winning goal or something? I mean, I just I'm remembering one specific game. It's super broad. I know Zach, you don't know anything, <laughs> but you know, I just remember him like being the guy that that got that game winning goal or something and just absolutely blew it out of the water in in a time of dire need. I don't know. I'm just remembering some 
crazy game, but I know it happened, and I know Goudreau got a game-winning goal. So just, like, the fact that I'm remembering that, and, you know, you're not like, what, Kaprizov, Fiala didn't score that? No, nah, Goudreau got that. So he has the ability to shine when the Wild need him to shine, and they know that as well. Yeah, Goudreau had uh, four game-winning goals Okay, yeah. this past so, season. I was thinking of one of the four, I guess. <laughs> I should also – I was going to look at this anyway, and I can't believe I didn't before just now. Uh, Ryan Hartman had seven game-winners. This past season, and uh, Marcus Foligno had three of them himself. So those guys all contributing uh, at the end of the game. And, you know, Goudreau had a couple. I remember the Calgary Flames game on the road specifically when the Wild were scuffling. It was Goudreau that got the game started with the goal. Didn't work out well for the Wild, but at the same time, a guy who was capable of getting the game started on the right foot, capable of scoring late in the game. And so... I I think there is something to this notion of, well, just because we assume that these guys aren't going to put up the same point totals, well, who's to say that they can't? Right, and they all have the, the factor of putting this game to sleep when they need to. I mean, you just listed off all the game winners. Like, these guys know how to put the games, like how to end them. So it's like, I mean... You saw right there. I think the, every one of these guys has the ability to regress. That that can happen, but they still know what they're doing when they need to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not it's not like they don't know what they're doing out there and they're just going to be absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Like like a little regression is not a bad thing as long as your teammates and your line mates are helping you out. Correct. Bingo. That's that is the play right there. And so, you know, it's possible that these guys. Numbers look a little different next year, but at the same time, they are all capable of doing exactly what they did Absolutely. this past season for next year. So uh, hopefully hopefully, we left you with some intriguing food for thought here in today's episode, but uh, that is going to wrap it up. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL as we get closer and closer to the start of the regular season. Lockdown NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, just like Lockdown Wild. So hit subscribe on YouTube. Follow us wherever you listen to your podcast, and we will keep you up to date with all things Minnesota Wild related as we get closer to the start of the season. Lockdown Wild brings you new episodes all week long as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.